Welcome to Insights. This is Paul Ellis, Managing Director of Ellis Wealth Management, where we encourage you to invest in what you love. Ellis Wealth Management is an independent financial services firm focused on planning, advice, coaching, and investment management. We are dedicated to the families we serve, and we encourage you to invest in what you love. Within Insights, we look at ways to make our world richer through focusing on sharing, and developing human capital. Well, all right. What a great day it is. What a great day it is. And we are blessed today. I have with us a really good friend, uh, Severine Nassim. And she and I met at a group uh, led by Tim Grover. Uh, it's a down and dirty group that gets together and we work through life's problems and uh it's been really fantastic. It's been a fantastic opportunity to meet fabulous people, and Severine is one of those people. She's the co-founder of Peace Starts at Home. She teaches the Parent Talk System. She's also trained in Transcendental Rebirthing and Future Facilitating, um, and she uses those sacred principles in all of her teaching. So, I want to welcome Severine. Severine, how are you today? I am doing fantastic and improving, Paul. Good morning. <laughs> you're already fantastic and you're improving. That is, you can't beat that. <laughs> every single day, my friend, every single day, one step ahead. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It is such an honor and it's been great to get to know you and learn from you. And, and I thought the audience could really learn learn some things from you today and uh, really benefit from your wisdom. Well, thank you so much for the invite. I'm, I'm, I feel blessed to be invited on your podcast. I've been enjoying listening to the, the uh, earlier episodes, so I'm really, really excited about participating and serving your audience as much as I can. Well, let me ask you this question. So you're the co-founder of Peace Starts at Home. And uh, you teach mm -hmm. parent the parent talk system. Can you share a little bit? What what is that? What is that? Um, the peace starts at home movement is something we started in 2017 here in Cancun after we had um, some shootouts downtown, and that was a first for us here in Cancun. It's I mean you, it used to be a very peaceful um, peaceful town. It's grown into quite a big city. We're about a million people now. Wow. So a friend of mine and myself, we were really shocked by those, by that incident. I mean, there was a shooting, uh, downtown. Some people got hurt. Luckily nobody got killed that time. Um, but as parent talk teachers and as, uh, family coaches, we were contacted by many of our clients asking us, how do we share this with our children how do we deal with a situation like mm -hmm. this so we came up with this concept that the peace starts at home peace starts with oneself and using the principles of the parent talk system which is a system of conscious communication um, where we teach the ability to parents to communicate in a better way with their children 
to see eye to eye with the children and to have a clear and uh, effective communication with our families. So we implemented a couple of um, conferences right after the incident. And we had a great, um, great result helping many families communicate those shocking, um, shocking news with their children and helping the children get over the, um, the panic attacks they were having yes. because it was, it was right in our faces. So that's, that's where that came from. What are the ages of the children that you're, that you're referring to? Is there a, uh, an age band? Well, any any age really. Um, we had um, most of the people that were calling us were people with children between the ages of three to seven or ten years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've also worked with with uh, adolescents. My daughter is fourteen at this moment, so moving into adolescence together with her and Ooh. learning every day. So, um, oh yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm talking <laughs> about, right? Right. Well, we've seen in the United States over the last, oh, 10 years, you know, an increase in violence in schools, and it's imp- so important to be able to communicate with your with the kids, um, not only mm-hmm. after the fact, but beforehand. So, you know, I think this, while a, a tragedy can spark a need for uh, an event or a focus on communication, um, we can actually get ahead of a lot of things if we if we do explain and mm-hmm. and have those open lines of communication beforehand. Don't you think? Absolutely, and I think also if we are able to communicate properly with our children, um, we can prevent children from going into aggression as well and. Once they understand, I see that with my daughter, she totally gets it, that if somebody is aggressive towards her, it's not necessarily personal. It's oftentimes that that person is living a situation at home or um, personally, really, uh, having issues, having depression, having lived through trauma and so on. So she understands that somebody can go into um, go and be aggressive towards others and understanding that she on her hand she doesn't take it personal anymore wow you know, and if we could teach that to our children to not take things personal to understand where the other is coming from um, I think we could we could avoid a lot of violence in in general well that's true and adults can learn that same lesson. That that's very advanced mm-hmm. for her to have that that concept and that understanding. Well, it's part. It's one of the main things that I teach uh, to my clients, and uh, and also, I mean, oftentimes people come to me and say, "Well, I, we're having issues with our child. Our child is acting up. There's a lot of tantrums going on, and we need to fix our kid, right?" And then I usually I sit down with them and say, "Okay, we'll talk about the kid later." How are you doing? <laughs> that, that, because it all starts with us. That is perfect. That is perfect. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. it usually starts with us, the adults. Our children will mirror uh, our behavior. And oftentimes as well, if we're really stressed out, our kids will be stressed out and the kids don't even know why. You know, they tap into our nervous system in such a magical way 
that children will act out when they are when we as adults are very stressed, our kids will help us <laughs> liberate that stress by acting up. And and it, for me, it was a clear example when my daughter was four. Uh, she threw the tantrum of a lifetime, and I still have that image burned into my into my brain <laughs> of a four-year-old throwing chairs through the living room, Ooh. and that was like, okay, I was hiding behind the couch, Paul. Oh my! I was hiding behind the couch. She was in such an infuriating state that she, as a four-year-old, was picking up quite heavy wooden chairs and throwing them around. And that's where, for me, it clicked that I was doing something wrong. Mm. I was a mess. I was recently going through a divorce with her dad. It wasn't a pretty situation for me, stressed out with work, having issues at work, and so on and so on. So my stress, stress levels were at the highest ever. And it was my daughter showing me that my stress levels were way beyond anything handleable. And she was throwing the tantrums that were basically tantrums my size, but coming from a four-year-old. So wow. that's where I learned that I needed to do something about me. I needed to do something about my life, about my state of mind, about my emotions. And um, that's when I went into therapy and went into coaching. And that's where my, my path into becoming a coach myself has began because I realized that my coaches and my therapists, they helped me realize that everything starts and ends with me. Mm -hmm. And from there, I teach my child. So um, me being able to calm down has helped quite, uh, quite a bit. And mm -hmm. uh, the situation improved rapidly, really, with my daughter. As soon as I got my emotions under control, she calmed down and we had no more tantrums. Well, I've always admired your clarity and the peace that you project in our time together. And this obviously is something that you have, I won't say arrived, but that you've really honed from what you're, from what you're sharing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in all of our interactions your clarity and the peace and the ability to hone in on the issue the underlying issue has been something i've always taken note of and what you're sharing now is that you know going back in time you recognize that every challenge that we come to deal with in our kids' lives, at some point, we have to look at ourselves and yeah. help. We, we, we actually end up managing parts of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's where our children are spectacular mirrors to us as adults. If, you, if, we, have the, if we can be humble enough to see that, and if we can look at the lessons that our children are portraying towards us, there's so much to learn. And, and that's why I, I always say my daughter is my biggest mirror and my biggest teacher. Mm. Because thanks to her, I came to the understanding that I was a hot mess. 
I came to the understanding that I needed to do something about managing my nervous system. I needed to do something about my communication skills. I needed to improve as a person to be able to be a worthy mom, to teach her how to become strong and how to move forward in life. Sorry. So um, that's why I, I claim that, that that's my statement, right? My daughter is my biggest mirror and my biggest teacher because I have learned so much since I've become a mom uh, that it's, it's incredible. And I keep learning, you know, every day I learn new things and uh, she's showing me the way in, in things technology-wise. She's so showing me the way also in um, resilience. She's showing me the way in um, things that have to do with joy, being able to tap into that childlike joy that we still have, mm-hmm. you know, going back and, and, and enjoying the little things, enjoying uh, a bird fly by, enjoying a cup of coffee, enjoying just hanging out on the couch with her, you know? Yes, yes. And you, you, like someone once said, the biggest problem with parenting is you're raising yourself. Yeah, and, and, and that, absolutely. And and so you know that that's that mirror can be very challenging. You know, we we we'll do something and we won't think two things about it. We'll see our mm-hmm. children do that, and we'll say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Time out! Where did you get that from?" Exactly. You know, yeah. and that, that's normally where the spouse looks yeah. at you and says, <laughs> "Got it from you." <laughs> You know, and exactly. And, you know, being being a single parent, sorry to interrupt you, being a single parent. I mean, after after um, my divorce, I became a single parent. And I was that there was not nobody around me saying, hey, she got that from you. You know, I had to uh, lower my pride and understand that she's getting things from me. And there's patterns, you know, the I've studied the inherited patterns of communication, the inherited pa- patterns of how we do things. And it's amazing how our kids will copy things. And there's this one situation I'd like to share that um, when my mom would get angry at me, she would um, put up her finger and um, she would she would go, oh, well, you've been doing this and that and this and that with the finger going up and down. And mm. You can picture that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one day, my daughter, she... I don't know, we got into an argument, and she was about six, and she got the finger out, and she went, well, mom, you this and that and this and that, and I went, oh, put that finger away, <laughs> and she goes, mom, you do that all the time, you know, she actually <laughs> told me, and I started thinking, okay, well, I hate her showing me that finger thing, right, mm-hmm. you know, where did that, why is that triggering me this hard, so I, I remembered that my mom used to do that, and actually my mom still does that. <laughs> she still does it but when it happens I laugh because now I know you know I, I figured out that there was a pattern and I remember my grandma doing that so you know it's one of those little things in our behavior that we pass down generation after generation and it only stops when you become conscious about it that is correct so take bringing Bringing consciousness into our lives is it, 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 it's it can be hard. It's very triggering, but it can be so much fun because you start to recognize things, and then you can go, oh, "Okay, I gotcha. I see where that finger is coming from." Okay, <laughs> and I stopped doing it. You know, it stopped. It stopped with me, and like this, many other things. You know, I've seen families. Um, 
suffer aggression generation after generation and once one one of the people one of the adults become um, aware that that is an inherited pattern they can choose whether they keep it or they stop it mm. and that's how we can stop violence in families that's how we can stop passing down those toxic behaviors those toxic uh, patterns in families so it's really interesting and it's, it's beautiful for me to be able to accompany people in finding out things like that and helping them make those changes because as we change those patterns we change our children's lives we give them a new opportunity to create new patterns that are more positive for ourselves and for them absolutely that that's that is excellent that's intentional living mm-hmm. it and, is. and and i think the more the more intentional we become the more conscious we become the happier we are well, it certainly helps if you can if you know that you can choose between reacting in one way and mm-hmm. acting in another way. So, yeah. so, so many times we we're, we're so we've been doing in a particular routine. If we, if we can think of something physically, think of like a a button, right? There's a big button on on the table, and every time something happens. Uh, it's like one of those game shows. It's how fast can you hit the button, all right? And mm-hmm. let's say every time we hit that button really fast in these particular situations, things go from bad to worse. But yeah. we've been hitting that button so fast for so long that we just think that things automatically go from bad to worse. No, they don't. Mm-hmm. It's just that we've it's been important. conditioned to react in hitting that button that makes things go mm-hmm. from bad to worse. If we can at least understand that there's a button there and that we're the one pushing it, yeah. then maybe we can put our hands yeah. in our pocket and then choose to find out what happens when we don't hit that button. Maybe what we do is we de- de-escalate the issue. Maybe the issue just subsides mm-hmm. and goes away, right? Or maybe another exactly. opportunity comes where we can choose to act appropriately or with more thought um, as to as mm-hmm. to what may happen afterwards. I I think that's an excellent excellent viewpoint. Uh, that that's really neat. Yeah. And I always wanted to ask you what you meant by um, the mirroring, and what you shared is just so enlightening. It's really it's really helpful. Yeah, and it doesn't only happen with our children, you know. We are all mirrors, and it's uh, there's a saying: "What you see in me resides in you." And uh, it happens obviously with our children. We're with them, especially when they're small. We're with them twenty four seven, really. So we get many, many mirror moments because they are just showing us how we act, and they do it in such an innocent way because they don't know any better. Mm-hmm. Right, our children up to ages seven, they will take anything we say or do as the absolute truth. They will not question our behavior. They will not question our um, our ways. They only start to question that once they get a little bit older. Luckily, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but as they are small like that, and they they will just they're just our you know. I would I used to say she's my mini me. She would do exactly as I did, and she all kids do. Mm-hmm. 
So if kids grow up in a violent environment, well, they will be violent because that's how they learn. That's what they've seen ever since they've come into the world. So um, as a parent and as a, as a woman in general, I think it's it's very interesting to observe observe and and see that. And I see that with my friends as well. You know, if I get triggered, for example, if you and I are going through a situation and I get triggered really bad, I've already learned to ask myself, why am I getting triggered? What is it in my past, in my childhood, that that this situation is reminding me of and mm-hmm. triggering me? You know, it's it's nothing personal. It's something that's in our past, and it could be from our childhood or more recent trauma as well. You know, so it's it's really interesting that the 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 mirror exercise. Whoever you're having a conversation with next time, if you get triggered. Ask yourself, why am I getting triggered? What is it in my past that this is reminding me of, and what is it that I can fix? Mm-hmm. Because we can we can fix things. I mean, we can't make trauma or bad situations or bad experiences go away because they're they're in the past. But we can um, put them in a new daylight. You know, we can choose to dissociate the emotion from what happened and analyze things, and, and, and that's what therapy is for. That's where um, NLP is for, that's what uh, hypnosis is for, you know, there's many, many tools mm-hmm. that we can use to help us um, get triggered less. And a triggerless life is a happier life, you know, where you're exactly. in, you're the one in charge mm-hmm. when, when that happens. Well, what, yeah. so this, this is what your uh, specialty is, and, and this is things that we all need. We all need these, uh, you know, these tools and this understanding. And there's certain events where uh, we get triggered more often, right? Mm-hmm. The holidays are coming up, and there are people oh, yeah. who, who uh, just just the sound of jingle bells or seeing somebody, you know, in a red suit, you know, uh, with the bell can bring up mm-hmm. different memories, you know, uh, and expectations. Yeah. And so... This would be an excellent opportunity for people to, you know, really think purposefully how they're acting or how they're reacting. And they may have the best holiday of their life by mm-hmm. by uh, being conscious in, the, in this time period. Yeah, well, and choosing differently. I mean, you, you do not have to go through the whole nine yards of Christmas celebrations if you don't want to. You don't, it's not necessary, it's not an obligation, you know, oftentimes, and I mean, in our, in our culture as well, in, in Belgium, being raised in a Catholic country, it's like Christmas is the event of the year. And, uh, and I've chosen for many years not to participate, uh, because it would bring back memories from family fights over the dinner table at Christmas Eve, mm. you know, but I've, I've learned from that and I've chosen to make my Christmas dinners different. You know, and have some fun with it. And uh, but it's understanding why I would get cranky over Christmas mm-hmm. is because I had those memories trigger me. So yeah, absolutely. You you just you went spot on there. Could be the best gift you give give to yourself this Christmas is really living purposefully yeah. and taking a look at it. So let me ask you this question: What are you curious about right now outside of work? What are you What are you curious about? What am I curious about? I'm curious about learning more um, about the teenage years at this moment. 
because uh, I'm, I'm about to start a university course on uh, sexuality. That is something I'm curious about because I want to be able to guide my daughter in the best way possible because I did not have a decent sexual education when I was uh, her age. Okay. So that's what I'm curious about and, and continuously learning and also on um, the psychology behind the sexuality and the psychology behind uh, partnerships. So that's what I'm curious about right now, learning all the time. Wow. Well, that'll be, that will be, I'll I tell you what, I will be uh, asking for cliff notes from you. That That sounds pretty... <laughs> That, that that is interesting, and it's one of those things that you know everybody who has a car, well, maybe not everybody has a car, but a lot mm-hmm. of people have cars, but very few people really understand how the engine works, mm-hmm. and, and you can save yourself a lot of problems if you at least read the manual or take a little course on how the engine works, right? Yeah, and well, how much more for our own personal bodies and our own personal lives you know the engine that that drives mm-hmm. humanity right yeah absolutely now you're you were sharing with me so you've you you're originally from belgium you're in cancun now which is one in my view one of the most beautiful places i've ever visited um how did you get mm-hmm. there and are you planning on retiring there or or what what's next for severine well, um, I came here twenty, almost 23 years ago. Um, I was taking a sabbatical <laughs> after graduating as a business translator. I said, well, I need, I need a break. Yeah. And um, I did my traineeship in Mexico City um, as a business translator. So on the last couple of weeks uh, of my stay in Mexico City, I flew down to Cancun, and I fell in love with the Caribbean Ocean. Mm-hmm. And... Um, as a scuba diver, I said, this is just the place to come back for a sabbatical. So I did. I came with a plan with money in my pocket for six months. <laughs> it's been almost 23 years. <laughs> uh, it hasn't been anything like a sabbatical because I started working after two weeks because I got bored. <laughs> so I, I looked for a job. I got a job. And I haven't stopped. You know, it's uh, it's been an interesting an interesting ride to come to Mexico from Belgium on my own. Um, it's been very, very interesting to start. Just I basically had my two suitcases with my belongings, and that was it. So I started anew, started a fresh new life as a 24-year-old, and uh, it's been it's been quite the experience. It's been good. I've received so much um, from life here in Mexico. I've made the best friends ever. Uh, I've had the most extreme, uh, fun and uh, daring experiences. I've been uh, diving with sharks. I've been doing all kinds of crazy things here that I really, really enjoy. And um, I obviously I met my daughter's dad. We had her um, and uh, I met my second husband here as well, who recently, unfortunately, passed away. But, you know, um, all situations lead to growth in life, I believe. And uh, the next step for me is to move back to Belgium. Uh, we were there over the summer with my parents. Um, my dad invited us over to spend the summer and to kind of take a breather from everything that's going on. And uh, I realized that for my daughter's future, uh, for her education, 
um, school-wise speaking, I think Belgium is the, the right next move um, for her to have more opportunities as uh, she's very creative and she wants to go into all things that have to do with designing um, characters and, and uh, anything to do with uh, anime and um, video games and all that kind of cool stuff. So here in Cancun, there's not much for her to do uh, with that. So moving back to Ghent in Belgium, my hometown, I think is a, a good next move for us. And then we'll see what happens. I and mean, we'll see what happens from there. Um, it's a bit, uh, I'm a bit nervous about it, though. Uh, I wasn't that nervous when I was 24 for moving to the other side of the world. But now <laughs> moving back, obviously, it's not just me. It's um, it's me and my daughter, mm-hmm. so I have uh, a lot more a lot more responsibilities now <laughs> than I did back then. But I'm excited about it. I'm really excited about it, and and she is too. Um, we're looking forward to new beginnings and um, and new adventures. Well, you know, in the U.S., there's quite a bit of movement as well, and um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's pe- I think as people have gotten older. Um, they've decided that, hey, you know, this one career that I've had forever, um, either I want to change it or it's changing. So people are mm-hmm. looking at, you know, how, how do I become uh, my own business owner or, you know, start anew? Um, you know, maybe the yeah. factory is closed down or maybe, you know, maybe other situations have arisen that they have to make choices and, and you know, people are starting anew, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then yeah. there's people say, well, you know, I, I've always wanted to live in Florida. You know, I can't, I, you know, I'm, Cancun's a little daring, but I like the water. I, I want to move to Florida, <laughs> right? Or Arizona or Idaho. And you see this different migration going on in the United States. And yeah. I think some of the techniques and skills that you talk about, you know, having that communication, that resilience, that joy, being able to look at what triggers you or what's holding you back, right, um, yeah. could really be employed uh, by people who are looking at also making these big decisions, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, and they may want, and people may want to reach out to you and talk to you about it um, because sure. they, they may recognize that, hey, I, I, I want to make this move, but... I find, you know, Tim Grover and Shari always say that the biggest challenge isn't there's some invisible hand that's holding you back. It's you. Right. Yeah. And that's the only one we can get rid of. And that's the only one that we can actually change. Right. Right. So. Absolutely. So if people want to reach out to you um, and have a discussion or or work with you, um, What's the best ways for them to get in touch with you? What are, what's your coordinates? Um, the easiest way to reach out to me is over Instagram or Facebook. Uh, my handle is uh, at Coach Severine Nathan uh, on both on both platforms, and that's the easiest way to uh, shoot me a, a message. And I'll be more than happy to get into conversation with uh, the people that would love to. Well, that, that is great. I'll put that in the show notes so that people can go mm-hmm. and the link will be there. Um, but amazing. What an amazing journey. You go to the land of the, of the Caribbean. You learn. <laughs> you live. You love. You are 
teaching you know a community how to heal and now you go back to the land of chocolate right <laughs> <laughs> the land of chocolate and fries right <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah. well, well severine you know, thank I you my journey yeah my pleasure no i didn't mean to cut you off you were going to share yeah, I think I think my journey coming to Mexico was a necessary one to learn, to learn to connect um, with humanity. While being raised in Belgium, I was raised um, in a very loving family, no issues at all. Uh, my family is amazing, but our culture is kind of cold-ish. <laughs> We're not huggers. You know, we're not that physical contact that you have here in the, in the Caribbean was missing. So having spent this long here, I learned the true appreciation of love, the true appreciation of joy, the true appreciation of celebration, the celebration of life, the celebration of death, the celebration of who we are and how I could become more empathic and how I could become more in tune with who I truly am. And I think I've come full circle with that. Uh, it's, it's a never-ending learning uh, curve, but uh, I think I'm, I'm ready to go back to the colder country to uh, help people there connect with that sensitive side and connect with that warm side of us as people. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Well, listen, my friend, I want to thank you for uh, spending time with us today. And I've taken a lot of notes, and I just really appreciate <laughs> you. Um, thank you for sharing your insights. Severine, it occurs to me, is there anything that you'd like to share that we haven't covered? Because you and I can speak all day. I, I love our time together. But is there anything that you'd like to share that we haven't covered? Um, oof, yeah, we could go on all day, but the last thing that I'd like to share and invite everyone is to tap into your joy. Um, be more childlike from time to time. Don't take yourself that too serious. Uh, have fun with it. Have fun with life and uh, switch off the mobile. Sit down with the family. Play a game. Uh, sit down with your partner and have a cuddle moment and just be present uh, because the present time is all we've got. Uh, and it's something that we won't be able to get back. So enjoy, love life, and uh, and have fun with it. So yeah, that's what that's the, the very last little thing I'd like to drop here. And uh, before we say goodbye, thank you so much, Paul, for having me. It's been such a blessing to uh, connect with you. And uh, thank you once again to uh, to invite me on the podcast. This was this was fun. I, I, again, I absolutely love time with you. This is, this is great. And like I said, I've been taking copious notes. So, well, listen, <laughs> I want to thank everyone for joining us today. Hopefully you are taking notes and always invest in what you love. <laughs>